Welcome to the Shoot the Breeze podcast with your host Vinny, Rob and Nello. This podcast contains strong language throughout. Listener discretion is advised. Hey everybody and welcome to episode 75 of the Shoot the Breeze podcast. Uh, and yeah, we're still in lockdown uh, and we're going to be in lockdown till the start of December, I think it is, end, end of November, first week of December. But uh, hopefully when we do get out of it, we go back down to, like, level two is looking very optimistic. I think it's going to be level three. Um, but the case numbers... But the R number going, came down. Yeah, R number now is below one, so it's between 0.7 and 0.9. Uh, we're going... We had, like, the lowest amount of cases yesterday for the past uh, three months, I think, yeah, or something like that. So, uh, yeah, which is promising. So the, the case numbers are going in the right direction. Uh, so hopefully they, they keep that kind of trajectory of going down. And, uh, and yeah, you never know, but I don't know. Do you think we're, we're going to get to level two? Do you think they'll go it, to level I two? Don't, I don't think the government will let it happen because it'll be a free-for-all. People are going nuts. I think we should yeah. go to level two. I reckon we should go to fucking one. <laughs> of course, but like, I mean, in terms of like, like level two opens up restaurants and opens up uh, pubs and everything, doesn't it? Yep. Yeah. I'm all for it. We're happy. <laughs> I know you're all for it, but this virus might not be all for it. Like, in two oh, no, weeks, the virus will be all for it. It'll just go all over everybody. <laughs> in two weeks, we've gone from over a thousand cases a day to three hundred yesterday and four hundred today. If that yeah, goes, cause, it's because we're not doing that. Exactly, and in two more weeks, what's it going to be like? And then in two more weeks after that, what's it going to be like? Yeah, uh, I know, I know, but still, the, the idea, like, the idea is like it's not going away. Do you know what I mean? Like, as soon as you go back to like level two or level one, it's just going to come back again. So, I don't yeah. give a fuck if it goes back up again in level in January or February. <laughs> yeah, well, because like, well, like, Rob, it, like, it, it, that's what's going to happen. Like, you know, because after this six weeks. It's gonna open back up again. So, what do you what do you think is gonna happen? I well, given the government, like they're not they're not gonna. I've had friends of mine that are saying like, you think they'll extend it? And I was like, well, no way, because just for public perception, they're not gonna extend it. Like you're not gonna take Christmas away from the Irish people because they'll go nuts. Um, but what I can see happening is level three for, until January at least. Yeah. Yeah. Because that, that like that'll keep every like that'll keep the cases down going into January and then um, and then probably do like level two come February. That's like that's what I think is going to happen because they're not going to do anything until they have a fucking virus, like, or sorry, until they have a, a vaccine. A vaccine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like as much as we'd all love it to happen, it's just like you have to ask like what makes sense for health and what makes sense for lads going to the pub for a pint. Like, do you not think though that? they will not be able to police level three in December because level three, I'm pretty sure is like a maximum of was it four people from one household or something. Like yeah. That, or but like what we've seen them. Them. Yeah. What we've seen them do so far is they're, they're mad for compromising. So they might come out with a, like a level 2.5 kind of shy or, or, or change what level two is and call it level two. They could say, you know, you can have, 10 people in one house because it's Christmas people are going to do it anyway like you're going to have your family over for Christmas yeah. regardless like you just had a fucking you just had a baby and everything like you're going to have everyone over that's going to happen but it's trying to stop people from everything else like if you can just 
if they stop everyone going to pubs, going to restaurants, going to places like that, like, and then keep it within your family bubble, I can see that happening. I can't see them just opening up pubs and restaurants and everything and go have at it. Like, it's just not going to happen. But surely yeah. if the R number goes down to, let's say the R number goes down between 0.3 and 0.6, or 0.2 <laughs> and 0.5. They're not going to do it. They're just not going to do it. People need something. We've had fucking nine months of this now. People need something to be like, all right, we can enjoy ourselves a little bit. And there was talk today of that Oxford company saying they met the, there's a small chance they could have a vaccine by Christmas. And I think there's a company in Sandyford who have like rapid tests for €12.50 and you get the results 15 minutes later and all this kind of shit. Yeah, but I've been told by people that I know that are medical officers that unless it's approved by the HSE, that don't believe that shit. Mm. So like, like, and I, like I got told that from a medical officer. So... Like, because actually, chief, you could. Chief medical officer. No, I don't know the chief medical officer, but uh, but a couple of weeks ago, I was on my way somewhere, and I seen that they were they had a, I stopped in a pharmacy, and they had a test for forty five quid. And when I told that person about it, they were like, "Oh, where was that? What? Like, that's so strange!" Like, because they were saying it's not supposed to be a thing yet. Like, it can't like until it's approved. Pharmacies can test all they want, but unless you're a HSC test. You can't, uh, you can't say yes or no. But like, like I don't know what the story is with the with. Like I picked it up potentially in work from someone I don't know and didn't spend time with. Now no one in my circle got it, so I guess that's a good sign for anyone that gets it that's asymptomatic. It's harder to spread it. Yeah, but all um, the all the talk is that you need to be within contact of someone for fifteen minutes before for it to spread. Someone yeah. can't just like. You can't hand someone a boarding pass and all of a sudden you have COVID. Well, that's what, that must have been what happened. Because it's like... No, no one else in your job got it? No, no one else that I was working with got it. It was just literally, like, me. So I don't know how I got it. Like, I don't know. Now, I don't know whether I got it in the time between then and getting tested, which is possible. But uh, it's just, it's funny that no one else in my circle got it. Like, yeah, no one. Yeah. And yeah. they only wanted to test 24 hours before me. So, but a person I know asked, would they extend it to, to the 48? And then when I mentioned that I had a bit of contact on the Saturday, they wanted to test further back. But if you're asymptomatic, it's only 24 hours that they'll go back contact tracing. They won't go back any further, which is why user grand. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's gonna be weird because like even if they do go to level three, you know, it's still it's you're only allowed one other person, like one other household is allowed visit you, like you know, yeah, one I'd say from one other household. Yeah, it'd be two point like, five or something, and they'd be like, oh, ten yeah, people. Like e- even two is only six people from a max of three households. Yeah, they'll put it on the people. What they'll say is they'll say. We understand, well, I don't know, I'm not a fucking political expert, but I feel like they're going to say, look, Christmas is a big deal in Ireland, it's a big thing for families, and all families aren't necessarily, like some families have three people, some families have 10, some families have 15 people. So, you know, if you're going to have a Christmas this year, have it responsibly, have it within your bubble. And if, say, like to yourself, and if you're hosting, you have a big, big family, if you're hosting everyone, just have them over and then everyone takes care of themselves for a week before the week after. Like, so I think that's what they're going to try. They try to do something like that because like they'll have to, but at the same time, I, I think the 
payoff of that for them will be, but we're not opening restaurants, we're not opening bars, uh, we're not opening any of that shit. We're not even going to let you sit outside them. Just yeah. no. Yeah. Which I think people will get on board with. Yeah. Uh, it's just, they're just going to have to, again, change or amend the original structure because, for example, in level three, uh, wet pubs are allowed open, restaurants are allowed open, restrictions. Takeaway only, though, isn't it? No, 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 for level three. No, you're allowed to sit outside. 15 people outside, yeah. No, that's level four. (laughs) Level three is you're allowed open with additional restrictions for indoor dining. And wet pubs. But we were in level three. Dublin, yeah, but but Dublin had a a fucking asterisk beside it saying, (laughs) apart from Dublin. (laughs) They need to sort this out. Dublin Dublin and Donegal were like, we were 3. never 5. level three. We were like three point. We were three point five. Oh um, my god! And yep. if we go to level two, then everything is open, but it's six people from three households. I find it very unlikely that it's going to get to. Uh, it'll get to level two. Yeah, but I don't know. Sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see how we go. Anyway, let's uh, let's talk about some other shit. Uh, we have. <laughs> No result yet in the U.S. presidential election, although Biden looks in better shape than he did uh, yeah. last night, kind of in the morning. So, uh, well, he's leading in Michigan, Wisconsin, and Nevada as we speak now, and yeah. Trump is only leading in Pennsylvania. But apparently, Trump's already calling for a recount of Michigan. Trump has already called for a uh, yeah, like he's that he's won. Yeah, yeah exactly. Trump was uh, like he, so he had like a party in the White House last night for I don't know a hundred <laughs> people or two hundred people, and he came out at like one o'clock in the morning and was like, "Yeah, we pretty much won. Like, you know, we pretty much won, and that we should st- they should stop counting. Like, you know, they they should stop voting now. Like, people, the voting should stop now." And it was just like, "Well, like, don't count anymore? Mean, do, yeah, do, yeah, do don't count anymore." Or don't count in the places that I'm losing in. Like, you know, it's like... <laughs> yeah, the man, the Honestly, man is a lunatic. The man has no common sense. He's he like, and I'm just like, he can't be this stupid, like, you know. But he is no. just, he's, he, the only, the only news he believes is the shit that comes out of his own mouth. And half that's made up, like, you know. Oh, all the stuff on Twitter at the moment, everything he's tweeting... Has a, uh, a a firewall in front of it saying this tweet may contain um, like misinformation or uh, lying. Like all like a yeah. lot of his tweets have it. Somewhere, all of this content shared in this tweet is disputed and might be misleading about an election or other civil process. <laughs> so yeah, he's just like tweeting it out like a madman. Yeah, there's, there's, I'm just looking at, at his feed now. Uh, oh, don't, couple. don't, don't do it to yourself. Don't go down that fucking rabbit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's just, oh yeah, it's, it's just kind of unbelievable. Like you know, he's just questioning. He went through the whole couple of weeks, like leading up to this, being like, oh, mail-in ballots. I don't know about that. You know, it's, it's, it's very easy for all that to be corrupted. Like you know, and that's why he's been. He, he, he's yeah, he's been laying the groundwork to basically. Tell me throw all this into disrepute like you know yeah he's a fucking idiot anyway that's we, we won't talk too much on that because we don't we won't know the answer and then unless the unless Nello celebrates in five or ten minutes yeah exactly yeah, yeah. and then then we, you'll, you'll be live we'll be live uh, we had the 
the last round of the Six Nations uh, there on at the weekend. Uh, Scotland beat Wales, which was a surprise. Uh, I think it was a surprise for Scotland as well because they didn't think that they were going to win anything. Uh, and yeah, it was a it was a close victory. Um, then we had England and Italy, and England didn't like. No, it was a comprehensive win, but it wasn't the thrashing that I thought the was going to happen. The first half was excellent. For the first half was fantastic. Yeah, and the fact that Italy scored a try and it was just like, oh shit, okay, and then they kept the points difference down. Uh, I was all very hopeful. Leading up to that, Ireland only needed just we like we now going to France, going to play in France is a tall order, and to try get out a win. But at least we were kind of we going into that match, we were only six points behind England. So we only yeah. needed to score six points in in that uh, in that France game, which is easier to do, but still hard to get a win. But at least we didn't have to win by four tries. Um, exactly. But the wheels fell off the Irish bus pretty fucking soon, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it wasn't. Um, it was so infuriating. Like simple yeah. mistakes, ball handling, just hold yeah. on to it. Yeah, a lot, a lot of handling errors. Now, it was very wet in Paris. Uh, yeah, but the French were able to hold on. Yeah, yeah, it's true. There was also, like, a penalty try that Ireland weren't awarded that they should uh-huh. have been awarded. And yeah. it ended up in a French player being simbed in for 10 minutes. But it should have been a penalty try as well because I 100% think that Hugo Keenan would have scored that try. And I also think the French player thought that Hugo Keenan was going to score the try, which is why he knocked it out of his hands. Yeah. Uh, so even the French player and like Wayne Barnes, I don't know, he awarded France a penalty try like 20 minutes or 30 minutes after that, like uh, for for an Irish player tackling a French player off the ball. But really, Ireland should have got that penalty try. And then you come, then it comes back to the whole thing where if Ireland get that penalty try. And they get that fella sent in the sim bin. We already get a try. We get another try at the end just before he comes back off. Uh, after the French player comes back off from the sim bin. Then we're up two tries, two converted tries. You're like, the mindset changes in the French players. It changes in the Irish players. It's all coulda, woulda, shoulda. But it was... I, know, uh, I just, I think that they didn't have the mental steel that they need to have to be considered one of the top teams in the world, like uh, South Africa, New Zealand, England. England, England Ireland were, of... were ranked the number one team in the world two years know, ago. but they, you know? they seem to have kind of lost this mm. air of... I don't want them to have an air of superiority. That's what English have. I want them to have <laughs> confidence. Air confidence. Capability. Yeah. yeah. That they can just go out and play yeah. and, and win games. No problem. Like yeah. they, they have people that will score tries. That's yeah. not. That's not. Then Stockdale had a shocker. Yeah, he did. Yeah. But like, it wasn't. You should allow like, have a shocker and not have, and then other people pick up the slack. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. He did score. Like you know, he was involved in a lot. Like there's there's a there's a good highlight reel of all his kind of. Because he got slated on Twitter afterwards, like you know, and oh, I think it was yeah, it was, I think it was a little harsh. Uh, some of it was warranted, but at the same time, he's—it's not normally he's not normally a fullback. Like you know, this is a position that he's only new to. Like you know, um, yeah. 
And to be honest, you, you're allowed to have a shit game. Yeah, exactly. That's other people have to pick up the slack. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he did score a try at the end as well. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's um, it's frustrating. This is Andy Farrell's only fifth game in charge. There's a lot of new young players in the Irish team. So, are we building to something? Is like give him a little bit of time. We have an autumn international series now starting next week. Uh, the first match is on Friday the thirteenth against Wales. Uh, so let's see how that goes. Um, and I suppose the more Andy Farrell has with this Irish side and the more the new kind of uncapped Irish players get caps and stuff like that and get experience playing on the international stage, I think is only going to be good for Ireland. Like, you know, and I think we can definitely, uh, we had a respectable Six Nations, you know. We, lo- we lost to England, which wasn't pretty. And then the French game, didn't go our way, but at least we were, like, we were still in there, like, you know, we were in yeah, there. Yeah. But when you think about how you were speaking about that team only, like, six months ago or seven months, you know, like, when, when they were going through a bad patch, like, and uh, for any coach to come in and have five matches and then win the Six Nations would have been extremely overachieving for, I assume, for any kind of coach coming to a new job. So it could yeah. be a good thing long term. Yeah, no, I think so. I think after like the Rugby World Cup, Ireland needed to go into a period of growth and stuff like that. They've uh, had a lot of new players coming in. Again, in that Italy game, there was four uncapped uh, players that started. Uh, Hugo Keane and Beam won them. He could have scored a hat-trick. Now, he got two tries. One of his tries was disallowed, so he could have had a hat-trick on his Ireland debut. So... Uh, there was and Jameson Gibson Park. He's only uh, he plays for his Lancer fly half, and he was only Ireland qualified as well. So it's his first Irish game as well. I wonder where so, he's from. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> he's um. So there, there is a lot of young players like you know coming through. So I, I think yeah, I think there is more positivity to come. I think from this Ireland. So yeah. Like like I said, yeah, it's only Andy Farrell's fifth game in charge. So fingers yeah. crossed. Uh, Better times ahead. Yeah, better times ahead and you kind of mould the lads. Yeah. In, um, in the meantime, uh, Liverpool have the greatest footballer on the planet at the moment, apparently. <laughs> okay. Your man, Diego Jota, has scored 10 goals in his first... Or what is it? No, he scored a hat-trick last night. Yeah, so it's se- well. seven goals in his first... Uh, I think it's in his first 10 games or something. Yeah, that, that sounds about right. No, he's, yeah. He looks a player. He looks a good, yeah. very good player. Yeah, so uh, all is not lost. Freshman Dyke, RAP, lost his life there a few weeks ago <laughs> when he got absolutely mauled. But, uh, Liverpool fans have been mourning the loss of the centre half like he died. Yeah, uh, and then a half went there as well. Fabinho was gone. Yeah. Oh, yeah, with fucking lad threatening to kill people, you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah. come on. It's a bit strong, isn't it? Not a good look, not a good look, but uh, it seems to be getting closer to bit. Well, there's a massive game now on Sunday, so we'll see how uh, these young fellas fare out against City, I guess. We should find out. Yeah, I, t- I think we could do all right against City, to be honest. It's a bonkers league this year, no one knows what's happening. I'm so I'm slightly I'm, optimistic. Jesus, I'm, uh, that's I'm, a- I'm watching the uh. What the fuck's the thing called? On or nothing. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, on yeah, on Amazon. I'm watching the same yeah. one at the moment. The Spurs one. 
I'm, I'm currently watching the Spurs one. It's not bad. Not as good as the City one, though. Yeah. yeah the, 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 one is good. the big takeaway I took from the City one was, like, how much he got that team to think every game was, like, the most important game of their lives. Like, after every game, they celebrate so hard. Yeah. And it's just, it's obviously, like, a psychological thing of, you know, getting to that level and then just, like, saying, no, 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 the next game, the next game. It just, it, it seems, I wish Liverpool had one done last year of the it would have been great just to see the mentality of the title went inside. Like, yeah, yeah, it'd be classic Liverpool at but the Spurs one is alright. But just something about Jose Mourinho and Spurs, I just don't like them as much as I like Pep. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. apparently, I've been talking to a few people about that kind of stuff. I listened to uh, Gerard was on Carragher's podcast back in January, and I listened to it. Uh, the other night because I've been doing my sanctioned COVID walks um, and I apparently all them new managers are really open with their time and they all like they all share ideas and they all chat to each other whereas like Mourinho is like one of the old stock that like you know won't give you announced information and it's just it's an interesting thing to see Guardiola like let cameras in and still do like perform you know have a team perform to the best of their ability it's strange that Jose has let cameras in to kind of do his bit. Now, I haven't seen it yet, so I don't know how much tactics he gives up and all, but apparently a lot of new managers are very open with their time. And they he's not, Yeah, he's not big on giving tactics away. I think it was more Spurs wanted the money that Amazon were going to give them. <laughs> Spurs just want money everywhere at the moment. Did you hear uh, Pochettino during night on Monday Night Football? All but saying, like, you know, they basically just, like, sacrificed my career to make sure that they paid money like off the new stadium and off all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It is a strange world. It is. It is. It's it's good. I'm I'm enjoying the the Man City one anyway. Uh, We had Formula One at the weekend as well. Um, The third Italian Grand Prix this year. Um, Yeah. A track that we haven't, that F1 hasn't been since 2006, I think it is. So, uh, yeah, it was good. It was a uh, Hamilton. It was a Mercedes 1-2. Hamilton Bottas and Daniel Ricciardo managed to sneak in his yeah, second podium. Yeah, got podium. Yeah, this is his second podium in three races. Yeah. So he managed to sneak in a third position. Uh, and Max Verstappen had a catastrophic blowout uh, when he was in second. And he literally did a, fanta- he did a fantastic amount of work to overtake Bottas for second place and I think there was I don't know how many laps left but there was a catastrophic failure a tyre blowout uh, so Max had to retire for the race and then during the safety car George Russell from Williams who just can't like Williams in general as a, as a team just can't seem to get any luck Russell just fucking bend it into the wall like <laughs> like with the safety car out now I like it's all like no what kind of happened he was basically trying to get some heat into his tires and he did a hard bit of acceleration uh, behind uh, okay. who was behind but basically did a hard bit of acceleration and then lost the back end and ended up crashing into a barrier and then he was also out then so uh, yeah and he was the, he was in 10th position so he was going for his first points in F1 and also William's first points in F1 this season. So Jesus fucking Yeah, he managed to fuck it up like with literally, I think there was only maybe eight laps to go. And uh, yeah, 
So he completely, completely messed that up. So uh, I felt sorry for him. But uh, yeah, but Mercedes then win won the constructors championship to their seventh in a row. So yeah, they're continuing their reign of unbeaten, unstoppable. Nobody can Dominance. get fucking near them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, can't see it changing. Yeah, it's gonna be a tough one. Tough one for uh, for any anybody like Red Bull are kind of trying to nip at their heels, and and Ferrari just kind of haven't really shown up this year. So they need to. Uh, that needs to. Needs to change hopefully for next year, like you know. So, but yeah, uh, right, guys. So, we have an interview coming up now with uh, Neil O'Keefe, uh, of it's either new or NU Fitness. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna say NU Fitness, Rob's saying say new. new Fitness, new Fitness. Uh, he is a gym owner, um, and yeah, we want to just to have we're gonna try to get a couple of people on uh, that own companies in different sectors over the next uh, couple of podcasts just to talk about the impact that COVID has had on their businesses. Uh, what are their thoughts on the restrictions, the new levels of restrictions? And uh, yeah, it's just basically a kind of a, a bit of a chat. And uh, yeah. So ladies and gentlemen, welcome Neil O'Keefe from New or NU Fitness, whatever you have in yourself. Uh, Neil <laughs> just said that it is either or whatever you fancy. So, uh, welcome to the Shoot the Breeze podcast, man. Thanks very much for coming on. Thanks for giving us your time. Thanks for having me. Very excited to be here. Yeah, so uh, I suppose we should probably kick off with, uh, do you want to kind of tell people a bit of your backstory, how you got into kind of the fitness industry, how you ended up having your own place, yeah, uh, and kind of where you started off, I suppose. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I'll keep it nice and short. Um, I started seven years ago. Um, I started off just doing um, fitness classes for women in a school hall. I used to work in Spar full-time in Holywell, and I was going through a fitness course at the time, so I just started to do uh, kind of like high-intensity classes, put a couple of hundred euro into a couple of dumbbells, a couple of mats, um, and used to just push it. Everybody to walk into the shop, I'd hand them flyers, tell them where I was, and it all kind of kicked off from there. Um, I then started, uh, I linked up with a friend of mine, um, Ben Connolly, and the two of us opened up our own gym in Swords Main Street um, called Ripped Studios, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> so that was kind of the start of my fitness career. Um, we didn't have a clue what we were doing. The business actually fell through after about nine months. It was great, but we just didn't know how to manage the business. Um, and then I kind of took a break, so I stopped for about six months. I was unemployed, um, kind of fell out of love with it, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to give it one more shot. So I went back to a different school hall, did the same thing again, um, and then I started to rent off at an airside. From there, um, my client base just grew. Um, I suppose I was the only one around the area kind of getting results, so that's kind of what we base our business off is before and afters and client results and fat loss and photo shoots and weddings and stuff. So in the early days of fitness, I was probably the only one around the area getting good results, so it kind of exploded. And the next thing was to get my own unit. So I searched around and I found this place in Malahide and, and here I am now. Brilliant. Amazing, man. And so you've been, you've been out in Malahide now for what the, how long have you been out there now? Five years. So we're five years old, uh, about three weeks ago. Amazing. Well, congratulations, yeah. man. That's, that's a Thanks. massive achievement, like, you know? Yeah, it's cool. Um, um, you know, yeah. I never thought I'd get this far and I've had some good staff members and some great clients and, you know, we've gone from strength to strength, thankfully. That's amazing, man. That's amazing. Uh, and I suppose, 
now with kind of what's been happening this year, like, you know, like, like, like a lot of our industries that we all separately kind of work in have, mm. have been affected to a greater or lesser extent because of the whole lockdown. Uh, yeah. How has the fitness industry uh, been affected kind of since March? Um, hugely, you know, um, just from my own experience anyway, I can't really speak for anyone else, but massively, um, I suppose the number one thing would be numbers being reduced, you know, a lot of fitness industry, a lot of gyms, albeit we're small, it's based on, on client retention and, and getting as many people in the doors as possible. Um, that was hindered massively. Um, when we opened back up, we used to have 12 to 15 people in the class, we reduced to three. So that in itself was massive. Um, being shut for so long as well, obviously financially it was tough. We were shut for five months. Um, then we opened the doors back up. Um, what was it, about eight, six weeks ago? Um, and it was great, massive influx of business, clients raring to go, um, and things were going really well. We managed things well with our numbers and stuff, and then obviously two weeks ago we were told to shut the doors again. So it's kind of like we're just getting going, and then get stopped. We're just getting going, and then get stopped. Um, and I think a lot of gyms are, are in the same boat. Even a couple of gyms have closed down so far. Yeah. Um, you know, so it um, is hitting people. And kind of financially then, like, how have you been able to kind of keep your head above water? Have you been, are you, I suppose, it, it kind of depends. I, I don't want to kind of delve, like, deep into, like, how much money do you have in your bank? For, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Big uh, fat zero. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but were you kind of relying on, like, in terms of your cash flow, is it like, do people pay up, like, kind of, for a month in advance are you kind of living kind of week to week and month to month where like there was your landlord able to give like do you own the premises where your landlord able to give you any breaks or was there any kind of government uh subsidies or help that you could avail of um at the start i didn't really know so when we first closed the doors i was like i actually thought it was for two weeks you know i think everyone did everyone was like we're just going into lockdown two weeks so we all kind of sat back cool we'll uh take our covid payment for two weeks and then after two weeks, um, I kind of had to adapt things. We have a big enough membership, so we have about 70, 70 clients in our group classes and maybe about 20 PTs, so probably about 100 clients in total. Um, so I adapted the business just to online. Um, so basically cleared out the gym, gave everyone uh, equipment, just like two dumbbells each, a weight plate each, something. And we took uh, to Zoom, so like what we're doing now. Um, I was just finished yeah. one there, actually. And we were just running classes um, just to keep everyone kind of interested um, and also pay the bills because the bills don't stop. Um, we didn't really get a break on our rent, um, no electricity breaks, stuff like that. So they all had to be paid, insurance. So just to make ends meet, unfortunately, I had to lay off the, the three lads at the time that were working with me. Um, they just went on the COVID payment and they're doing the kind of their own thing. I was able to take them back then when we opened back up. But um, yeah, financially, it, it's been tough, but we just had to adapt, you know. Um, if you just lie down, your members will go elsewhere. There's tons of people doing online stuff, online classes, and Instagram lives and stuff like that. So we had to adapt. Um, that's one thing as well I did. I just started doing Instagram lives every lunchtime with um, one of my clients who has a, a very big following, Rosie Connolly. I don't know if you know her. But the two of us kind of linked up together and we started doing Instagram lives um, for free at lunchtime for people during last lockdown. So that worked really well. Um, just to keep people interested and kind of grow my brand as well. Mm. Your gym, Neil, it's because I've obviously trained with you in the past. Yep. It's, it's a small enough space, compact. So yep. what, like, when you're doing social distancing, you can only have three people. Is that just circuit training or do you stay in your one spot? and then just wipe down everything, and then every hour. 
Yeah, so what, what we started to adapt was just we have, like you've been here now, we've got a three squat racks, a three benches, and we just had one person in each kind of, uh, each bay, we called it, and we gave them enough dumbbells and stuff like that, just so they weren't wasting their time wiping stuff down. As soon yeah. as people left, we had a 15-minute window, and we had a big blaster gun, and we just blasted all down, and then the next crowd come in. So I, I feel like we managed things well. Um, albeit we have to change the business completely. Um, we stopped a couple of our programs and just kind of amalgamated it into this semi-private personal training is what we call it. Um, so everybody went on to this program. But uh, it worked well. But what about, like, what about places like FlyFit and um, the Dawn Gyms and all them big yeah. fucking huge places, hundreds of people in them. Do you reckon they can do it as well as you can? Like um, the gym I was in, I was in a CrossFit gym and they only... Even before COVID, you could only have 12 people in a class and they're in a big, huge warehouse. Okay. And you had on little stations like you have. But I was thinking about that and I was like, there's not a huge difference between, like Rob was, uh, we were talking about earlier on, um, without pubs and fly fit type things, where there's loads of people coming in and out. And you know yourself in fly fit and shit like that, people don't wipe down the machines at them. Yeah. Some mm. of them are nasty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but that's a, you know, like do you really think that other gyms big gyms like that would be able to do what you and other smaller PTs and stuff like that can do uh, no I don't but I feel like FlyFit because they're kind of they're in the public eye so much I think they manage things quite well they had I think it was only 30 people per, per hour and they had a cleaning team that would come in every 40, I think you got an hour and 15 minute slot, sorry. So every 15, every time there was a slot, they blasted the place clean from what I could, uh, what I could tell on, on social media when clients going there. But I, I heard of, you know, that's obviously there in the public eye, but there's loads of other big gyms and commercial gyms probably didn't um, follow things to a T and, you know, maybe gave us a bad name. Um, I don't know if you've seen, but we've kind of been pushing to get gyms on the essential services list. Um, yeah, how's that going? It was going well. Um, so I started with the evening the announcement was made. Um, I just made a video, just like I'm, I'm talking to you here, just kind of voicing my concern and, and feeling that, like, you know, gyms shouldn't be shut. They're, they're the last remaining outlet for people to blow off a bit of steam, to get their head straight, to do something that isn't work-related or sit at home. So uh, the video went viral. So got loads of views on it, 220,000 views or something. Um, so that kind of exploded from there. And there was loads of, um, loads of social media exposure, but then it kind of died out. And we got in touch with loads of TDs and stuff like that, but it kind of fell on deaf ears. So I'm currently working with two other gym owners, um, a guy called Simon from Westside and a guy called Ryan from Black Rose. And we put together a framework for the government um, with the help of a doctor as well. So a framework that gyms can buy into that we're all going to kind of comp uh, yeah. comply to. You know, are, so you, are you finding, Neil, that um, like everyone, like you're in an industry where uh, when you enter the business, everyone's kind of out for themselves in a competition kind of way. Yeah. And you find that when, because we were chatting briefly yeah. uh, about kind of doing something yeah. and... You find, I found over the last couple of weeks that there's a lot of people that are just, well, I'll do this, I'll do that, I'll do this. There's no like sticking together, which is what sounds like what you're trying to do now. But there seems to be one gym said like, you know, fuck it, I'm not going to close. And that doesn't help the cause yeah. like at all. So yeah. you're finding that it's hard to get everyone behind the one idea. Yeah, 100%. Um, I feel like um, there's no governing body. 
so there's no one to look after you know like the publicans have a governing body maybe the restaurants do as well and, and other kind of industries the health and fitness industry is such a new sector so there's no governing body to to, to, to talk to us so we're not, not even on email us we're on nothing so mm. um yeah definitely rob um yeah. like we're, we're, we've been trying to do this for about two weeks and you know it's hard to work with people i'm trying to do this but i'm also trying to look after my, my own financial end my business and my online clients mm. So sometimes I might not reply for two two days, and, and things get a little bit, a um, little bit crossed over. But what we're trying to do is, it's probably not going to happen this lockdown. But hopefully, we can kind of get them on the essential services list before the next lockdown, because yeah. it's looking like this might happen again. Yeah, because I've seen some arguments for people saying that you know, like what what constitutes in like an essential service? Because yeah. what I might find essential. You might not like. I find certain things essential that you won't. Or so, like so, I've seen some PTs kind of sit down and and take it and say, "Look, a gym to someone is, is as essential as maybe you know, like an, like someone going to a pub or going to get a haircut. Everyone has their own voices yeah. and everyone has their own way of kind of disconnecting. Mm. So I'd say that's probably the hardest roadblock you're probably going to yeah. figure is that official people will say, well, we can't just make this for you. So it sounds like you, you guys are going about it. The three you guys, because I didn't know you're actually doing that. And the three you guys sound like you're doing it the right way. You're going to try, you're, you're playing the game. Yeah. Yes. Essentially. Um, essentially and it, it's a slow process. So, um, so I actually did all the framework and it, it's great. So it's, it's just kind of like, you know, we'll have this thing. And if, if a gym wants to come in, they throw their signature on and say, listen, we've got 120 gyms that are ready to, uh, comply to this framework and it could be contact tracing it could be temperature checks it you know it could be everyone has to use the COVID tracker app that's in the building and stuff like this just so we're all under the same uh, umbrella because you're right Rob we're not, nobody's under the same umbrella you know I might have followed my rules and I did my part but Rob down the road could have had 100 members in his in his gym you know so I can yeah, see where they're coming from absolutely and, and that essential um, services is I suppose it is like, you know, what do you value and what do you think is essential? The only thing I would say there is, you know, we're fighting a virus. To, to, to fight this virus, you need to be fit and healthy. So yeah. you, know, you don't need to have a fresh fade or you don't need to have a pint. You actually need <laughs> to have, a, you have to need to be in shape. Um, you need to have some sort of immune system. You need to train to be fitter, not just results like face like us. You know, you need to actually be a fit, healthy person. And a lot of gyms, you know, a lot of senior citizens, OIPs, the gym is probably their only little outlet they get to do and they get to go there and just walk on a treadmill and meet their friends and stuff like that. So a lot of people are probably missing the gym massively. In my gym, probably not as much because we deal with people, you know, that they're just looking to get in shape. But the commercial gyms, big time, that is people's last outlet, you know, where they go for their runs, they go for their swims or whatever. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, like during the summer, it was a lot. I think it was easier to close gyms during the summer because people could go out hiking, yeah. running, swimming, walking, all that kind yeah. of stuff. And even yeah. training out the back garden and stuff like that. Now it's freezing. Yeah. And it's yeah. dark it and is. it's miserable. People are getting pissed off. Yeah. Uh, you're just yeah. <laughs> in saying that, like, I, I, I'm kind of forever in a perpetual thing of in, in a gym and losing weight or gaining weight and, and up and down. I'm kind of perpetually on that fucking treadmill uh but i noticed then as well like during like nella was saying during the summer gyms are always fucking packed out to the max like you know yeah but then come into december gyms are like ghost towns like you know yeah. and then especially coming into kind of january and february do you think that 
you were got like, at what level are you allowed to open back up? And uh, like, what level is sustainable for you to open back up? That you can like sustain, like, uh, like obviously you you've you've been able to keep your head above water for this amount of time now, when you've been kind of completely shut for so many so many months. But how long can you continue to go, or or are you just completely pivoting and changing your whole model of as of a business? Um, I'm not too sure to be honest how long we can keep doing this model. So this level five where we're doing online training, um. Like it pays the bills uh, business-wise, but personally, it, it doesn't. Um, yeah. So I rent and I've got a quite a high rent and uh, car loans and stuff like that. I won't get in too much into my personal finances, but um, personally, it doesn't. But listen, I know everyone's suffering. We all have to dip into savings and stuff like that. But financially, um, the business will be able to run for a good few months, if not however long with the model that we're doing now. Um, we can operate in level three. And we can operate perfectly in level three. So I feel like the business that we used to have in March is gone. Um, yeah, okay. You know, where we used to have like 12 people doing a group class. I'd have a personal trend lined in the corner. One of my other staff might have a personal trend lined in the corner. That's gone. Um, but that's okay. You know, I'm, I'm happy enough for that. I actually kind of prefer the business model. We, we opened back up in the end of July. It was a lot easier to manage. Um, people felt like they were getting a lot more of a personal service, only having three or four people in the room. Um, yeah. And we could manage things really well because um, in business, when you kind of grow too quick and it's on poor foundations, it can kind of crumble. And I felt like that in March that we had it, we, loads of people in the door, loads of people in, but you know, there was people uh, booked in for the wrong sessions. The client service was not as good. We weren't giving good professional service. We were so busy. So mm. if we get back to that model of level three, I'll be very happy, man. That's good, right. man. Yeah, and I suppose yeah. it's, it's like, it, it kind of takes something like this, like obviously it's not ideal, <laughs> uh, yeah. but to kind of like take a step back and kind of reevaluate kind of what you're doing and think of how you can improve your business and, and improve yeah. the product that you're selling to your yeah. clients and stuff like that. And I yeah. think I suppose people will kind of really appreciate that as well. Like, especially mm. I, I know from going to PTs before, like I would have always felt if it was in a class, it's kind of like, yeah, I'm doing the thing, but I'm not. Whereas if, yeah. I'm, if I'm in a smaller group, like, you know, I, I think it's a lot easier. I think it's, I think it's better as from a, from a client perspective, yeah, that, you're, that you feel like you're getting much more attention, uh, and mm. kind of you can justify the cost then a bit better because you feel like, all right, I'm actually getting a lot from this kind yeah. of in, from this PT, like you know, and I'm getting a lot more attention and interaction with him than just being in a class of twelve or twenty or whatever, like you know, and he kind of glances over at me every so often and says, "God, oh, come on," you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, you're right, Benny. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's a silver lining, and you just have to take this th these things on the chin. Um, yeah. You know. Uh, are you f are you finding as well uh, at the moment, Neil, that you're kind of I don't know. I haven't actually seen uh, if you've done it personally or not, but I've seen other people I know that are running kind of like a bit more of an impersonal gym than, than what I'd consider your gym to be. And they're starting to try to get as many people onto their Zoom classes as, as they can. I've, like, I suppose that's one way of reaching out and trying to grow your business as well for the next time you come out of lockdown. If someone's already subscribed to your classes, have you started selling that people can go like from listening to this podcast and they go and join in? Yeah, yeah. 
Absolutely. Um, so, th- yeah, with last time we didn't really do that out of couple. Um, this time we did. It was just kind of more word of mouth. So, mm. obviously, the clients that train here, uh, my gym is bare now. So, I've just, I've just given out everything to all my clients. Um, but for anybody who would like to sign up, yeah, absolutely. Um, they can sign up just if they want to drop me a message on, on Instagram. Um, and it's relatively cheap. It's more so just to kind of keep everyone interested and keep them fit. You don't yeah, need so- much so Neil, do you want to yeah. give us all, your, all the information that we can, uh, so all of our listeners can go and, and check you out and stuff? And, 100%, uh, yeah. So Instagram is probably my main profile that I use. Um, it's Neil New Fitness. Um, and if they send me a DM there, and uh, my email as well, it's just my name. So it's neiloakeefe at gmail.com. So either of those, um, you can reach me. Awesome. Thank you. Neil, thank you so much. Neil, Thanks for coming on and uh, and best of luck for the future and hopefully uh, you can get back to uh, a level three or better. And, um, and <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. yeah and it's like the Hunger Games. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, lads. Thanks a million for having me. Cheers, Neil. Cheers, thanks, Neil. Man. Appreciate that, man. Bye, thanks bye, bye. Thanks a level. Okay, everybody. That was uh, Neil O'Keefe from New or NU Fitness. Uh, and don't forget, you can check him out on Instagram or you can send an email uh, for any inquiries about all your PT needs to Neil O'Keefe. Uh, was it Neil O'Keefe Fitness at gmail.com? We'll, yeah. we'll, put, it, we'll put the link in, in, in the description anyway of, uh, of this podcast. Uh, but guys, ladies and gentlemen, guys and girls, uh, we'll leave it there for this week. Uh, thank you very much for stopping by and checking out this week's episode of the Shoot the Breeze podcast. Uh, we'll be back with you next week with hopefully another interview uh, from another industry that has been affected by this coronavirus, COVID, new lockdown of level five. Uh, hopefully we will also know who the new president of America is and hopefully it's not that tan job shot. Uh, and uh, yeah. I guess uh, we'll, we'll, we'll chat then. So don't forget, you can follow us on Instagram. We are at the Shoot the Breeze podcast. We are on Twitter at Breeze underscore podcast. Or you can send an email with any of your comments or questions or suggestions for future topics on the podcast to podcast at gmail.com. And please do not forget to subscribe and leave a rating uh, on the podcast wherever you get your podcast fix from because we really appreciate all the five-star ratings. Because you're all lovely and sound. Uh, so until next week, thank you very much for stopping by, and we will chat to you soon. Bye, guys. Peace. Bye. Bye.